Were you whispering to yourself? No. It sounded like you were saying hi to yourself. Hi, just now. No, I wasn't trying to. That's right. You weren't trying to. No, I didn't. I didn't know I was doing that, actually. Nice. We have... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that, that's okay. I didn't realize I did that. That's all right. Uh, now I'm a little bit scared for my safety, now that I know that my girlfriend talks to herself no, and doesn't I don't, know No, it. I don't talk to myself, folks. Good, good, good. No, I don't. I just didn't realize I was doing that. Nice. Shall we? My mom used to talk to herself around the house. Really? Like how? She just say, oh, should I do this? Where did I put my keys? Oh, I know people that have and, done that. So I used to make fun of her about it, and then when I was in my mid-20s, I realized that I do the same thing. I think we all have talked to ourselves once or whispered something to ourselves when nobody was around. Mm. Can I tell you a secret? What? I don't know. Oh my goodness. We have a lot to get into, babes. Oh, yes we do. Yes we do. Should we start with the big announcement? Uh, what? That my groceries are here? <laughs> what? I was thinking that I am now the co-host of a cooking show. Yay! On Clubhouse called Three Blind Spice. Yay! We did our first episode last night. Now, let me ask you a question. Because I know you're going to talk about the episode, but let me ask you a question. Um, yes. How are you going to uh, manage the whole moderating thing? Because what if um, your moderator isn't available? We've thought about that. So... We're going to have him, and then there's a lady who comes to our rooms a lot, who's really cool, that might help us out. I think she'd be willing to do it. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. So let's start from the top. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Not you and I, but me and another person. <laughs> another friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah. And the plan was that we were going to make lamb shanks for our first show. Yes. I go over to his apartment yesterday. He calls a bunch of stores. We find one lamb shank in the city of Portland. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. yes. So we had to vary it up, go on Clubhouse, ask some of the regulars, and they say, well, maybe you should do something different. One lady suggests chicken piccata. Yes. We check out the recipe. Of course, Chef John has a thing. Yes. And he has, also has a lot of dad jokes. Yes. Watch it. He agrees to buy the ingredients. I come over later. And the recipe from beginning to end is supposed to be like a half hour. Yeah. We're both really good chefs. Yes. Or, or home cooks, at least. Oh, no, I, I, for sure, you are a good home cook. I don't know about the other one. You don't know about him, but from what I've heard and from what I've seen, <laughs> I'm convinced that he knows what he's doing. In good, the good, good, very good. It took us an hour and a half to make this dinner. <laughs> well, I'm sure it was well worth it when she had the dinner. Yeah, and partially it had to do with I'm not used to his kitchen, so I don't really know where everything is. Yeah. And we're still not used to working together in the kitchen. Uh -huh. Plus, people on Clubhouse are saying, well, you need to do this correctly. Wow. And don't skip on this detail. And this is a really important ingredient and blah, 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 wow. blah, blah. And so we got kind of caught up in that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example of something I did wrong. Mm -hmm. At one point, I'm supposed to be like the timer for him. Yes. But then I start talking with this lady over Clubhouse about life. 
and yeah. I get so distracted because I'm also working on the the um pasta. Right, right. That I'm not really that much of a help as a timer. Oh no. <laughs> well, at least you still knew what was going on. And nobody had any accidents, and yeah, good. It was fun though. We had a really good conversation afterwards. Oh, good. And you got to hang out with um, his dog. Yeah. Super sweet dog. Yes, he's an awesome dog. I just I just thought it was funny when she... You said that when you got into the door, she kept growling at you? I thought she was growling at me, but then I sat down and she came up to me and I petted her. Aww. And uh, she had a good time. <laughs> I, I hope she had a good time. Where was she when you guys were in the kitchen? Uh, the, my friend told her to sit down. And and she and she did that the whole time, so she was kind of lying down and yeah. watching everything. Yeah. She's a really good dog. I mean, from the little that I've known about her since I met her. She seems like a very good dog. Mm-hmm. But the plan is I'm going to go over to his place in a couple of days, learn the layout of his kitchen so I can be more helpful and good. we can actually get the sun faster. Than yeah, because you told me that he has buttons. On his stove. So yeah. ours ha- both of ours have knobs, yours and mine. And his is electronically controlled by this panel. Right. So I got to learn that. Okay. Okay. That, that, that would be very confusing because I'm used to knobs. But, um, very good. But we did our first show. That's the point. Yes. Very cool. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Very good. Yes. So now we're going to be doing more cooking on Clubhouse. Yes. Yes. Really good. Whoa. Really good. Yes. 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 Speaking of Clubhouse, babes. Uh-huh. You and I went on there. Was it? It was on Tuesday. Tuesday. It was on no, wait, was it? No, it was on Wednesday. Was it on Wednesday? It was on Wednesday. It was on Wednesday. <clears throat> because I went to the store in the morning. That's right. Yeah, it was on Wednesday. You went on, on Tuesday morning. Yes, I did. Yes. So what type of rooms did we go into? Um, One of the rooms that I thought was very interesting, although it got a little bit heated, was a room about, um, it was a guy who said, um, I helped police officers catch 690 child predators and i thought oh. i think it was 360 but i hear no 690 oh okay maybe that's what it was okay i was paying attention but okay go ahead no that was 690 i'm like whoa okay we got to go in there and i and i i was thinking oh i wonder if that one guy is in there that we ran into on one of the other rooms he was on a voiceover room there was a lot of uh, moms that were talking about um, what to do to monitor your kids' um, on-screen time and uh, what what to do to protect your children and what they have been doing and that they had they didn't have one of them didn't have a lot of problems with her older kids because they didn't grow up they didn't grow up with a with a screen yeah that was interesting that was very interesting and um and now she's got a 13 and a 10 year old that she's worrying about and she told the story about the 13 year old how she had some heart condition yes and she says i think i spoiled her and because the doctor said if she cried too much as a baby she could have a heart attack and die that's crazy yeah yeah so she said i i think i was at fault because i did spoil her and i think that that was not good and so um i thought that was kind of interesting that leads me to a biblical biblical question. Uh-oh. So let's say a doctor, because you're not supposed to spoil your, your kids. You shouldn't spoil your kids because then they try to be rotten adults. Right. But let, <laughs> let's say a doctor comes to you and says, uh, J-Lo, you have this daughter now. She's like, uh, uh, I don't know, a month old. Mm-hmm. But you have to get up every time she cries because if she cries too much, she could have a heart attack and die. 
and you decide, well, the Bible says, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. So you decide, well, I'm not going to do that because it goes against biblical teachings. So one night you let her cry herself to sleep and she ends up dying in her sleep from a heart attack. Did you do the right thing biblically or not? Well, sparing, um, spare the rod and spoil the child is not about that. Oh, it's about spanking kids, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So it has you... nothing to do with um, letting a baby cry. Okay. I do believe that babies should learn how to cry once in a while to to cry and, and until they're done crying. The heart condition thing is a tough one, though. I don't, I, I don't know how to answer that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. But anyways, back to the room because we got distracted. Yes, we did. But it was interesting. And then and there were other people um, thanking the guy. Can I mention his name? Probably not, right? Uh, I would prefer not. Okay. I won't mention his name, but apparently he's very good with voiceovers. He sounds, he sounded young, but I, he may not have been young. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He had a young sounding voice. Um, and, and, and a lot of moms were, were, uh, giving suggestions and they were also, um, talking about their experiences with seeing, uh, this one lady saw two children at the, I think it was at the, uh, airport. And she decided, I'm going to stay with these kids oh, yeah. until they find their mom. That was or interesting. find their parents. And I'm like, I'm glad she did because anybody could have just snatched them out of the airport. You know, they can they can find a way to, to take them from anywhere that they are. If I remember her story, when she was three, mm-hmm. she was shopping with her mom and some lady came up. And took her hand. Yeah, and they were walking down the aisle and her mom turned around. It told the daughter to let go, and then the lady who was holding her hand ran away. Yep. Yeah. That could have easily have been a really tragic story. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that she was saved by her mother because some some parents, they turn their back and immediately their child is gone, and they don't know where the child is. That's really crazy, scary. yeah. Really scary. But now it's 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 not just child predators that... um try to, to kidnap kids from the store. Now you got a bunch of stuff online where men are pretending to be either high school boys or, or kids at the child's age. And, and you don't know who is trying to talk to your kid, especially your, your daughter. Yeah. And they were yeah. saying a lot of the times with these online games, yes, because they have a chat function, yeah. that that's where they get the kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I'm really so out of touch. Scary. I wouldn't have even known that. That is really scary. But I'm glad that um, the guy who was um, moderating, helping to moderate the forum, uh, the main guy was saying, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to make sure that they're uh, turned off and you communicate with your kids. But you also have to make sure that you know the the technology of the device so you can um, make sure that it's turned off. And the lady who had that 13 year old with a heart condition was really smart because every message that she got, it was sent to her phone. She installed some app that was smart that let her see what her daughter was viewing <clears throat> yeah. and also let her turn off texting on the phone at a certain time at night. I thought that was super smart. That, that is. And then one father, though, was kind of being a troll and he called oh, her Oh, yeah. And, and that's when like, the room started to go down. And then she bit. was, he was like, why don't you guys discipline your kid? And then the, the lady, when the lady's like, it's not about disciplining our kids. We are doing the best we can. We just have to watch out for people online that are trying to um, get to our boys and our girls. 
And I was just like, no, no, no. And then the, and the, I'm glad that the one moderator said, look, you can come in here, but you're not going to bash the moms in here. All right. You can come in here and this is a mom and a dad forum. You don't, but you're not going to buy, you're not going to bash the parents in here. And I'm glad she said that. I am too. If there's anything I can't stand, it's, um, it's those trolls that want to manipulate the conversation. I hate when people just take over a clubhouse room. I know. I know. And I've seen it happen where the room was super interesting. Yeah. But then somebody will just say one little comment and the room for the next hour and a half will be about what that person said. And it's like, okay, you just ruin it for everybody. (laughs) You just ruin it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we went into that one. That was, that was really good. But I said, you know what? I think we should leave. It was getting really heated. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be in here longer than we should. And then we went to this, um, Food discussion. They called it food porn. I knew you were going to like that room based on the people who are in there, but you were a little bit hesitant to go in. Well, I was like, what's food porn? I don't want anything to do with that. And you're like, oh, it's just sending pictures of food. I'm like, okay, I have to call it that one. Okay. But it was interesting because um, there was like pictures of this really crazy rice and salmon thing that I heard looks really good. And... I wasn't too sure what to think about that one uh, vegan chef that I won't mention. Because I was like, because remember when she was saying that she made this banana peel thing that was supposed to look like um, pork? Yeah. Which sounds really gross to me, honestly. Um, I like bananas, but I don't know that you can. uh, That's the one thing I don't like. uh, And I'm going to go back to it. The one thing I don't like about fake stuff is like, why make it. I don't know. I, I have a real problem with making like uh, thinking about mock meat because I've tasted mock meat and it just doesn't taste good to me. I don't know. But I guess if she's able to do it, she's able to do it. But I kind of wondered if she was going to be like one of those chefs that wants to um vegangelize people. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. She seemed pretty intense, but that's just me. Yes. And then there was this one guy that was um showing this picture of this... uh restaurant in new jersey called mega slice and he showed some like crazy stuff like there was pasta and pizza and then there was like garlic knots as a base of the and I mean, it was a crazy combination yeah it sounded really good it though. sounded really really yummy and then he mm-hmm. talked about some pizza where they put chicken parm in the oh, crust that sounded amazing mm-hmm. oh i would oh wow it makes me want to go to new jersey just to have a pizza like that mm-hmm so that was really yummy. But I wanted to get out of there because I'm like, I'm going to start salivating. I can't listen to it anymore. This is <laughs> so good. And then we went into another one that we weren't into for very for, for too long. But uh, explain that other one. Are you talking about the science room? No, no, no. That was the last one. Um, the one before that, the, 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 the clubhouse growing or not growing. Oh, was that the room where everybody was complaining about Clubhouse? Yes, especially that one guy that was saying that there wasn't any real content on it. and Yeah, but meanwhile, it's with people who are talking about Clubhouse for like six hours straight. Uh-huh. And one guy was saying, well, if you notice, I'm really creative with my room titles. And everything else on here is Bitcoin or marketing. Uh-huh. Which there, is true. There are some fair There's points made money. about that. But at the same point, it's like... Why are you going to spend hours on an app complaining about how much the app sucks? Why, why, what, if, if he wanted, um, 
you know, the, the best thing that he could do is to go to the uh, town hall if he can make it or email the, um, the owners or maybe not the owners or follow somebody, you know, email somebody that he follows or, you know, get a hold of them and say, Hey, can I suggest a title for you? Instead of complaining about, Oh, there's no real content on here. I don't even know what, have you ever followed that guy? No. Okay. I think this is the first time I've heard him speak. Okay. He could have been better at making his points because he did have some, but I don't think it added up. I don't think so either. And I told you my idea that I wanted to do, but I just didn't. When Green Room opened to the public, Mm -hmm. my plan was to wait a day and then start a Green Room room about how much the app sucks and how I wish it was like it was back right, in the right, old right, days. Right, right, right. I, I don't like that. It's like, well, okay, if you if if the app is so terrible, then um, why don't you make, why don't you create your own content or, uh, create your own platform, or you know, I don't know, go on a different one. There's also a play. bunch of audio platforms that are supposed to be coming out soon, including yeah. the Facebook competitor. Right. Which I'm actually, I don't like Facebook, yeah. but I'm really interested to see how that one works. Okay. Because I, I actually think there's a chance that they might get it right. Interesting. Because they're already tied into your social circle yeah. in a way that Twitter and even Clubhouse isn't quite there. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I, it's possible that they could get it right, but, it, mm-hmm. but, uh, at this point in the game, I still think Clubhouse is the best. Okay. Yes. Um, so we went into there and then we went into this, um, pseudoscience room, which I, I kind of, it was interesting. I'm not, I'm still not quite sure what a pseudoscientist is. Do you know what that is? I think it's somebody who doesn't really practice science, but is still interested in it. That's what the room was implying. Okay. It was a really cool room, though. It was interesting. Yeah. It was kind of interesting uh, listening to some um, science, uh, scientific intellectuals talk about that. And I think a lot of them were from the UK. We also went, oh, I forgot that one room we went to about acting tips. Yeah, that was interesting. That was a little bit intense. But it was good, though. But it was very good. It wasn't just a typical marketing room. No, it wasn't. But they're talking about, like, mental health and acting and, you know, what what happens if you have stuff going on in your personal life and you don't want to go or or, uh, learning how to form relationships and acting circles. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. We were there, uh, we took a one hour break from 11 to 12.15 and we were on the thing, um, uh, we were on Clubhouse from about 8 to, a little after 8 to about 11. 11. And then, um, we watched, we we were, we were gonna watch Twilight Zone, but it didn't work out. Apparently, right now, The Twilight Zone is not on Netflix, and you have to buy it on Amazon Prime. Ew. So. But you don't, you already have the, the, the series, right? I did, but I didn't have it on my device. You gotta download it onto your device, though. Oh, oh. We ended up watching a little bit of Star Trek. Yes. We started with TNG. We started with, with TNG, yes. I believe the name of the episode is The Enemy. Would you like to describe it, or do you want me to? Well, I'll describe the beginning part. Worf 
Commander Riker and Jordy ended up on this planet. It's uh, kind of like a, was it like a dusty planet or something with a lot of dust? Well, maybe, but it had a lot of storms, it was a lot which of- made it hard to transport on and off of the planet. <clears throat> and um, Jordy, something happened with his visor and it was kind of broken. So he, he, was, he, fell he fell down this hole. Okay. He was trying to yell for Commander Riker uh, and Worf. And so he gets stuck on the planet by himself for a while. They go back on the ship. They're trying to find a way to find Jordy because he's missing. And uh, they find a, a Romulan who's unconscious, I think. This was before they beam back up. Yes. They took him to the ship, and he's having medical issues. He's hurt yes. real bad. Would you like to continue, please? All right. So they can transport down to the planet, but it's during these specific time windows. This planet is also in Federation space. They are contacted by a Romulan vessel saying, hey, we're going to be there in about six hours, bro. Give us our man back and we'll be good to go. And the captain's thinking, bro, I don't know about this. Right. They run some medical tests on this Romulan Mm -hmm. because he's dying. Yes. And the only one on the crew who could help him live is Worf. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to do that. He hates Romulans. We know this. We know this. And we'll get back to them in a minute. Right. Meanwhile, back on the surface of the planet, mm-hmm. LaForge is going around. His visor's still kind of working, but he's having some issues. Right. He runs into this Romulan Commodore, I think, mm-hmm. who... You know, first thinks it's weird that Jordy's parents let him live because he's blind. Yes. And <laughs> tries to take Jordy as his prisoner, but he's having trouble too. Yeah. Okay. Go back to the ship. The Romulan vessel gets there. Mm-hmm. Before it does that, they send down this probe to the surface of the planet that Jordy has to find, and then they can be transported up. And they're waiting for it to get a signal back from the probe. Everybody's trying to convince Worf to donate uh, himself so that this Romulan dude can live, except for the Romulan guy. Yes. I I love the scene in this episode where Worf goes into Captain Picard's office, and Picard's like, well, I'm not going to order you to do this, but I'd really like you to do it. And he's like, no. No. I'll do it if you order me, but otherwise Otherwise I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he leaves. This is before he has a conversation with... um uh, what's his name? Picard. I'm, I'm saying this is, okay. I was talking about the conversation they had. No, I mean, I mean, I, w- I wasn't finished about the, um, the Romulans and the Klingons. We literally, I was just talking. About okay. Them. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I smoked too much pocket. Hey, 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 okay. hey, excuse me. When Worf exits the room, Picard contacts the doctor and says, Hey babe, don't bother my main man Worf anymore. <laughs> Uh, cause he, he ain't down for this. Hey, babe. Yep. And she's like, Captain, got you covered. Dude's already dead. That's now, true. it may have been worded a little bit more dramatically than that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, I was about to say something, but we'll get to that when we do commentary on the episode. Uh-huh. Back on the planet... The Romulan, along with Jordy, realize that if they want to get out of this thing, they got to work together. Mm-hmm. And they decide that they're going to do that. Yep. Eventually fi- find the probe 
and get transported to the bridge of the Enterprise. Now, by now, the Romulan ship is already there and ready to attack the Enterprise. But they don't. Jordy's buddy says that uh, Jordy actually saved him. Yes. Captain Picard uh, agrees to let him go back to the Romulan vessel and lets Jordy uh, escort him down to the transport room with Worf. And that's where the episode ends. It's really good. I enjoy this episode a lot. And the, it's it's very nuanced. One of the things I really like about it is that Worf doesn't change his mind about helping the Romulan who's about to die. That's true. In most other episodes of TNG, I, I feel like they would have to have him change his mind. Right. But for whatever reason, he sticks to his guns on this He's one. He's still very angry with the Romulans. Yeah, and that's more of a DS9 decision. Yes. Than a TNG decision. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't think that he would change his mind in, uh, on DS9? No, but what I'm saying is, on DS9, you would have that nuance to where... The character would would st- stick to their guns and the person would die. Yes, but yes. that rarely happens on TNG, no, where they're going right. to let somebody pass and away, I, where they could easily save them. Yeah, and I haven't watched a lot of TNG, but I think you're right about that. Yeah, it's it's good, but it's a little bit more safe, uh-huh. and they color outside of the lines a little bit less often than they do on DS Nine. Right. So, so I really like that they they did that in this episode. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the dynamic between Geordi and the Romulan dude on the planet. The, the Romulan ends up dying, right? The one who they transport up to the SIP with the away team. But no, the I, one who's with Geordi ends up living. Okay, that's what I... Okay. Yes. Okay, I thought... I For some reason, I, I wasn't sure if... I For some reason, I thought that he died also, but I think he was close to it. He was close to dying, but remember, I just said that... Yes. Jordy is escorts him to the transport room so he can return to the Romulan vessel. That's right. Yes. But um it was it was good. It was really good. I have some questions about this episode. Okay. As usual. Do you think that Captain Picard was correct by not ordering Worf to save the Romulan's life? Hmm. That's a good I don't know how to answer that. Because I know that he wanted him to, but, um, because he felt like, um, he felt like Worf was holding the scrudge over the Romulans for a long time. It's more than that. He also felt like if this person died in their custody, it might be considered an act of war. Ah. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think he absolutely did the right thing. Okay. And why is that? Because he tried to talk to them. He knew he had the power to make Worf do it. Mm-hmm. But he also felt like it would be a violation of his personal liberties. Mm-hmm. And while Picard suspected this might be considered an act of war, he wasn't 100% sure. And he also knew that the Enterprise was in the right to be in that area. And the Romulan dude uh, broke the treaty with the Federation. So I think he absolutely did the right thing. Okay, so can you explain to me, before you go on, can you explain to me and other listeners what exactly is Federation space? That's the area that the Federation controls. So it's kind of like, you know how, um, what's a good way to, okay, 
we don't live in Wichita, mm -hmm. but it's still part of this country. Oh. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, oh, like a different government in another state. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like, so Earth is part of Federation space, and so is this planet. Even though this planet is more like Wichita, there's not anybody on it. You know, I guess Wichita's people. But Wichita is, 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 is there people that live there. But you know what I mean. It's like nobody wants to go there. How do you know? Because I, because I, I know. Oh my goodness. I'm well, sure. Maybe, maybe our new uh, friend that we met a couple weeks ago would want to go there. Maybe. Uh, who knows? Oh, my goodness. I'm sure there's a lot of people that's dying to go to Wichita on vacation. Oh, my goodness. But as far as I know, as far as I can prove. Some people want to go to a rural area. Okay. I'm guessing it's a rural area. Yes. So it's kind of like that. So this is like the, the place in the U.S. where nobody really wants to go, but it's still part of the U.S. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Yes. And so that's Federation space. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's a large, large area space. Yeah. And Romulans are, um, they have their own area of space. Okay. And they have the neutral zone where neither one is really supposed to go into without permission. Oh, wow. But th this Romulan, these Romulans came into Federation space, which could be considered an act of war. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, do you think Worf made the right decision? I think he made the right decision based on his conscience. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He just wasn't ready to, to treat the Romulans any differently. I also like too that it wasn't just Picard who tried to convince him. Mm -hmm. It was the doctor Riker speaks with him at one point. Yeah. I thought that that was really cool that he wasn't swayed after all those people talked to him. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. Do Jordy and the uh, Commodore who is on the planet with him. Oh, that's right, because he called him Commodore. Yes. 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 Do they become pen pals? I don't know about that. It's possible that they were just working together and they were they were working as a team to get out of that planet and then they go their separate ways. How does this experience affect the way that Jordy thinks about Romulans? I think, and you know, I, I'm just guessing, but, um, I think that maybe, maybe Jordy thinks of Romulans a little bit differently, even if he doesn't see that one Romulan again. Do we, does he ever end up in an episode again? I don't believe so. No. Okay. Well, he was good, whoever played that Romulan. Mm -hmm. He was very good. Yes. Um, and I liked what the, and I forgot that one part where he goes, you know, the, the Jordy was getting frustrated because I, because I can't see. And he goes, well, I will be your eyes. Yeah, I hear you. That felt a little bit too lib for me, actually, to be honest. Well, no, I, the, I mean, political stuff aside. Yeah. I just think that. It was good just because the Romulan was willing to help Jordy, even though even though um, humans and Romulans normally wouldn't uh, work with each other. That's all I'm saying. I also really like the interaction they had, where the Romulan is saying to Jordy, "Well, would you allow yourself to be taken prisoner if the situation reversed, mm -hmm. or would you want to die?" And he said, "Well, it depends on what I'm dying for." Right. I thought that was super interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. 
In a lot of ways, this feels like it, it's a DS9 episode yeah, and not a TNG episode, yeah. which I think is why I respond to it so well. Yeah, I think, I think, and DS9 does it so well. Yeah, and this episode yeah. does it well too. Yeah. There, there's a couple of times where TNG goes dark. Yeah. And I think it works really well. Like this. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, chain of command. I, yeah, so that one was, that one was, the one episode I'll never forget. That's that's the most DS9 of of like TNG episodes. It's Yeah. And um there's a one you haven't seen called Yesterday's Enterprise mm-hmm. that goes super dark too. Really? Yeah, and I love it when TNG goes dark, but those are the ones that I can think of. Because it works for the show. It works for me because I have more of a of a gray area. Not everything is, is, is great, but not everything is horrible. Uh-oh. And I feel that DS9 is more like that. And so I like it when TNG does that. Very good. On the, on the occasions when it breaks with tradition. Yes. Or tradish, as you might say. <laughs> I don't say that. We say that all the time. We're no, not I recording. don't. No, I do not. Like, I feel like there, is a, there is a company called Nutrish. Nice. Or, or, or a food, uh, some uh, these products called Nutrish. But I don't, I don't say nutrition. I say nutrition nice. or tradition. I thought you said uh, tradition, but maybe I'm remembering no. that. No. Nice. No. Is there anything else you want to say about this episode? No, it was really good. Nice. It was very good. Uh, in 1993, mm-hmm. season two of Star Trek Deep Space Nine opened with the three-parter. Mm-hmm. After we watched the TNG episode, you said, well, why don't you show me an episode of DS9 that I haven't seen before? Uh-huh. And I thought, well, why don't we go into this three-parter? Uh-huh. Do you want to give the overview or would you like me to? I think you should. Okay. It starts off, Quark is hanging at the bar, and Odo is surprised because Quark actually did him a solid, no yeah. pun intended. And yeah. gave him information on somebody who is a criminal. Yes. Which I, I, I actually, I really like that scene. Yes. Somebody comes in and gives Quark this airing and says, hey, give this to a Bajoran on the station. Mm-hmm. He goes to the quarters of Major Kira Norris, mm-hmm. who, as we both know, is a badass bitch. And I mean that in the best way possible. Okay. G- gives her the ring. We find out that it belongs to Lee Nallis, who is a man that is considered dead by everybody. Oh, that's right, yeah. But is a hero to the citizens of Bajor. And they think, but but he, he but people think he's dead. Yes. Okay. They trace this back to a prisoner camp on Cardassia Four. Mm-hmm. Kira goes, tells Commander Cisco, bro. I need one of your runabouts, and I need it today. She didn't so say I, that way. So I can go and rescue this fool. She, 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 uh, she, she, um, she didn't say it that way. Okay. <laughs> I thought she did. No. He thinks about this because he knows that if a Federation ship is caught in Cardassian territory mm-hmm. doing some crazy stuff like this, he's going to get in some trouble. But he also knows, well, Kira can get this dude out, then... That's really good. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, sending you with my main man, O'Brien. You either take him or you don't go. He's like, ah, got to go with the chief. This is before they had their little yeah. thing. Yeah. They leave. Finally, Nallis 
he's a prisoner of war. Yes. Get him and some other people. Yes. Head back to the station. Yep. They get back just in time to hear Galdicott say to Commander Sisko, yeah, we, ah, we didn't know about this camp. And, right, 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 um, right, right, right. If I would have known, I would have stopped it. But we just issued a formal apology. And the men who, the men who you left behind, guess what? We're sending them home right now. So it's all good. We're sorry. And let's just move on. It's all good in the neighborhood. It's all good. So she's like, oh, whatever, but I got to be diplomatic. What ifs? She's like, oh, what ifs? (laughs) And they move on. (laughs) Lee Nallis is walking around the station and. By this time, there's this political figure who came up from Bajor, but a crowd is growing on the promenade. So Lee addresses the crowd, and then so does the politician. Yes. Um, later on in the episode, he tries to escape on this mm-hmm. freighter, but they catch him. Commander Sisko goes to him, and he's like, what's up, bro? Why are you trying to leave here? <laughs> you can say it that way. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing as I often do. And he's like, yes, I know. he's like, bro, let me tell you the story of how I became a folk hero. Yes. Um, which, this is another reason why I love DS9 is because they'll disassemble the idea of being a legend mm. like they did in this episode. And he says, I got a lucky shot and the legend grew of mm. me. And until I became this figure, and I'm not really the guy that most of Bajor thinks I am. Mm-hmm. And Cisco's like, yeah, but you're a symbol. Mm-hmm. And that's what the people want. And that's what you have to be for them. Yes. It's like, okay, I'll do my best. Okay. Then. There's a ceremony on Bajor. He comes back to the station and it comes out that he's supposed to replace Kira Norris. And that's when the episode ends. That's pretty good. Yes. Bobby. Yes, yes, yes. It's really good. What do you think this episode mm. teaches us about myth? Mm. Um, that's a really... Oh, oh, I forgot to ask you before before I answer the question. Go ahead. How, in, how did he become a folk hero again? What happened was his... Uh, band of people mm-hmm. were fighting the Cardassians and they split up. And there was a Cardassian who was like walking around in his underwear. Lee, oh, that's right. Yeah, Lee shot him and he just happened to be some higher up in the Empire who had killed a lot of Bajorans. And they thought oh. to themselves, oh, you killed this main dude? Yeah. Uh, that's incredible, bro. And they mm-hmm. just kept telling the story to anybody who was oh, listening. Right. And the legend just sort of grew because you know how people start to fabricate stories. I, I thought it was funny because like I shot a man in his underwear mm-hmm. and he's like, and I never forget it. I'll never forget the look on his face. He was so embarrassed. And I had to kind of chuckle at that. Yes. <laughs> well, it's kind of like when. Somebody makes up a story about, I don't know, like, it's kind of how gossip starts, right? Yeah. You make up a story about somebody, and then the stories get a lot more elaborate. Oh, this person has 
whatever um lives on a mountain and doesn't speak to anybody right. and they look like they're all haggard so that makes them look like they're a monster or a witch and and then it turns out that the person isn't that any of those things because the stories are just adding up and adding up and adding yeah. up it's kind of like um kind of like uh old man marley in home alone yeah and yeah. it just turns out oh this guy's actually just a little bit antisocial or or it was like um it was just like uh Peter, oh, you know, crazy Pete in uh, Now and Then. Yeah, that's a that's a great one, right? Mm-hmm. And he, you know, when he rescues, and I, I know we talked about this, but when he rescues Sam out of that um, uh, drain, the sewer, yeah, the sewer, he's like, "Why are you afraid of me?" And you know, you kind of have to feel for this guy because kids are like afraid of this guy; they don't want to, they don't want to be seen near the guy, and. It turns out that's, that he was the one guy that saved her life mm-hmm. when the, her friends couldn't reach her. So, I mean, <laughs> that's how gossip starts. It really does. Like, this entire crazy story that gets even more crazier and crazier as the years go by. Yes. <laughs> Shot a guy. Is under, I, don't know, I had to chuckle at that one. <laughs> Can we learn anything about being a little bit skeptical of our own heroes. Um, possible, yes. In fact, um, there was a, I think I watched a couple episodes of this show. Um, it was, a, it was a show called Legends and Lies. Did you ever hear about that show? It sounds vaguely familiar. They did a show on Billy the Kid. They also did a show on Jesse James, which is really, really intense, actually. Um, if there is anything to back up that these, um, heroes, um, I think, I think you, I think they, I think it's, it is healthy to have a healthy, um, it is good to have a healthy skepticism of them. As long as, you know, when you find that information, as long as it's, um, accurate. Yes. So yeah, that's that's how that's how those things start with the that's how those things start with with a one big lie and another and another and another and another. I mean, I could start a myth about you if I wanted to, but I'm not going to do that. No, I mean, you already know that I'm part god and the bald god. No, you're not part god. Full God? I don't think I'm full God. No, you're not. But I do have a touch of God. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes, yes. I could start a myth about you too, babes. Well, I'm not going to do that, so you shouldn't do that to me, though. Okay, but what else? I'm starting a myth about Jewel. Okay, Jewel myths and legends. Maybe that's what I'll call this episode. I don't know yet. What? J-Lo myths and legends. That might actually be fun. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. I don't know yet. Okay. What does this episode teach us about government propaganda? Uh, in really, in regards, in relation to what though? Well, let, let me talk about this for a second. All right. For the first part of this episode, the Cardassians are claiming that they've released every pro- political prisoner. Yes. Right? So they're trying to play like, oh, we want to make nice with the Bajorans. We're, we're cool, bro. We're, we're, they want to be their enemies. Yeah, but meanwhile, they have prisoners that they've lied about having. 
Uh, They try to sweep it under the rug by saying, we didn't really know about this and we're issuing a formal apology today Mm. because they don't want to go to war. Mm, Um, There's the thing with Lee Nallis Mm -hmm. about how the politicians are now trying to use him and how he's replacing Major Kira. Wow. Yeah. That. So it's so the Bajorans aren't exactly clean either. No, so it's like it's like they're both dirty on both sides. Mm-hmm. Dirty on both sides. It's it's no there's no innocent party here. And that could and that happens in, in that does happen in government. Yes. Here's here's an interesting question. Okay. Is having a symbol sometimes more important than the truth. And I could go into that a little bit more. You mean more. like having a, a a letter next to your name? No, we're not talking like Prince. Uh, I'm, I mean, no, I'm talking about in politics. No, no. So let me give you an example. All right. Um, okay. So, well, let's, let's use the Lee Nellis example. All right, all right. He's not really this big badass. He got a lucky shot. And the legend of him grew. Yeah. But Cisco tells him, hey, you're a symbol, and people need the symbol. So even though it's symbol not a symbol of heroism. Yeah. Okay. And so I often think about in our own culture, right? Like yeah. we have these symbols. Yes. Uh, one being George Washington and the cherry tree. That never happened. And, and that never happened, I heard. Yeah, that never happened. He wasn't six. He didn't cut down a cherry tree and say, I cannot tell the lie to my father. I think I heard about that not happening. I don't remember if that, I know, I know it's been, um, anyway, that's besides the point. Um, but isn't it, mm. isn't important for us to have symbols of people doing the right thing, even if it's not true? Hmm. I, I don't know, honestly. That sounds like a very complicated and I don't have an answer for that, honestly. I say no. You don't think so? Because you're giving people the wrong idea and you're not letting them look at real examples of her- of heroism. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is that kind of like um, like Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy? No, like I, I know this would be con- controversial, but I would look at uh, Jesus as a symbol and not the actual truth. Uh-oh. But I know we disagree about that. Yes, we do. Yes. Uh-oh. Yes. To all you uh, Christians out there, you heard it here first. That's not a secret, babes. Everybody knows I'm not a Christian. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just okay. Kidding. You heard it from his mouth first. Yes. And I am the bald god, so I would know Jesus is real. And he's like, ah, what's up for Blasphemy, Bobby. Blasphemy. I still love you, babes. Mm. You're guilty of blasphemy. Now give me a kiss. <laughs> no. Yo, blasphemy, J-O. <laughs> no, I'm not. Give me a kiss, blasphemy, J-O. Hey. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I love you, babes. Uh, I was kissed by a blasphemy. Oh, my. I was. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you don't believe in the bald god. No, because you're not a god, bub. That's what you said. No, you're not. Okay, what ifs? No. Are there any other questions about this episode that you want to ask me? Um. Well, I just had to make this one comment, and I think I'm I'm done with what I have to say about this. I think it's interesting that the that a Bajoran a Bajoran earring, excuse me, a Bajoran earring started this whole uh, thing with Lynalis. Mm-hmm. 
That that's interesting to me. Yeah. That when Bajora and Earring can start that with the investigation of what really happened. It's a good episode. It is. Um and of course it's one in a three parter. Yes. Um but the first part was really good. Very good. Yes, true. I don't know well, why we skipped that one. Do you know why we skipped it? I think it's one of those things where I forgot to go back to it. Ah. Uh. And there are a few episodes. I'm debating whether to show you um, the Tribble episode. Why? It's it's a little bit too lighthearted. Are you talking about the the, the DS9 one or the TNG one? Well, there's no TNG oh, episode. There's an episode of the original series. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And oh, that's right, that's right. I'm in right. the DS9 episode, they time travel back to the episode in the original series. Well, you know, I might. The only way you're going to find out is if you show it to me because I might like it. So, yeah, it's odd because I, as much as I love DS9, I like the original episode a lot more than the remake, but. The the original the original series yeah episode more than the remake because they remade the episode uh, on DS nine okay but it also I don't know I'm I'm conflicted about that one but what, what would you rather show me the um, original series then the original series episode of that one I I just said I'm conflicted about it okay are you just conflicted about the episode in the episode in general I like the original episode yes I know that. But but you're saying it's too hard, lighthearted. What do you mean by that? You know I don't like too much humor in DS9 episodes. I don't understand I that. I like a little bit. I don't understand that, but okay. But only a little bit. Okay. I like it I like it humorous once in a while. I don't always like it heavy. Sometimes they overdo it. Mm-hmm. And I felt in that episode, they go for the cheap laughs. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. Um, but that's just me. Well, okay. J- I, guess, I guess I won't be having any twibbles over for now. Oh, my goodness. Maybe later, though. Yes. J-Lo. Yes. Have you been reading any books? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well into my, um, the book I've been reading called uh, Tribulation Force. So I'm, um, when I get back to it, I'll be on Chapter 16. That kind of sounds like it could be like, a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, like the, the Super Friends. <laughs> yeah, Tribulation Force. Yeah, like 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 um like um like the Super Friends or something mm-hmm. or the Fantastic Four. Yeah, they do sound like a like a superhero group, but they're not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how they would make it into a cartoon, although it is an audio series. I don't know, babes. Yes. I don't know. I think um um. The world of um, radio drama is kind of interesting. Okay. You know, radio theater, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Yes. I wish I would have gotten more interested in that when I was little. Okay. You're like, okay, I'm not interested in that conversation. I don't know, babes. Do you want to delve into this more? Not really. Okay. I don't know what else <laughs> to say about that. Nice. Are you laughing at me? No. Okay. I did some reading this week. Actually, I read a few books this week. You did. You certainly did. I finished the biography of Warren Beatty that Peter Biskind wrote. Mm-hmm. It was super interesting. Mm. It talked about his obsession with sex, 
Wow. And that apparently he didn't lose his virginity until he was almost 20. That's crazy. And then he just, like, had sex with a lot of women. Wow. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, he dated Joan Collins for a year and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is author. What, yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah. author, I'm, um, I'm sorry, actors. I think she did actually publish a book or two. Um, oh, no, it wasn't. No, I'm sorry. I was, I was thinking of a different person. Jackie Collins. Okay, but Joan Collins did write a couple of books. Okay. I think. Yes. And she was also Edith Keeler. And also... Uh, she was Edith Keeler, and she was also um, Alexis Carrington on Dynasty. Nice. She was not very nice. Okay. On the show. Okay. But they dated. Okay. And he made, what was it, Splendor in the Grass, mm-hmm. which was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Then he did like five films in a row that didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. And somehow he got the funding to make Bonnie and Clyde. Uh-huh. Which comes out mm-hmm. and does really well, so it puts him back on the map. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about all of his other movies. At one point, I think Peter Bizkind talked to Robert Evans, who said that Warren Beatty really only made three successful movies. Mm. And he didn't count Splendor in the Grass because he was just an actor, because uh, Warren Beatty, when he did Bonnie and Clyde, was also a producer and he wrote and directed some other movies. But he said Warren Beatty's like big movies were really only Bonnie and Clyde, Shampoo, and oh, fuck, what was the other one? I don't know. It was one that he made in the 70s. It wasn't McCade and Mrs. Miller. He was just an actor in that one. Is before Reds. Oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Heaven can wait. Heaven can wait. I think the, I heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah, those were the only three big movies that he made. Um, did you know that Warren Beatty has been nominated for ten Academy Awards? Wow. Yeah. Did he get any of them? He won for Best Director for Reds. Wow. He he directed that one. Yeah, but. Apparently that that doesn't count for Robert Evans because it cost so much money to make that it didn't really make a profit. Or there's questions whether it did. Oh wow! Um, they shot hundreds of hours of footage for Reds, hmm. and most films they'll do a little bit of editing for like a few months, but I think it took them like a year and a half to edit Reds wow. down to three hours and twenty five minutes. So he wins the Oscar for directing. Mm -hmm. He thanks a lot of people who worked on the movie, except for the editing team. And at the after party, one of the big editors on the film comes up to him and just starts yelling at him Uh for all the work that they had to put into it. Wow. Yeah. It talked about how he's like really charming when you first get to know him. Yeah. But if you start to work with him, he'll eventually just like tear you down. Wow. So making it impossible to work with him anymore. Yeah, because he'll want to be in the room when you're writing a script. Oh, geez. He'll take it apart. Wow. When he makes a movie, he likes to do... They said that some sometimes he'll do like over 100 takes of one scene. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So he's been running the, running the directors and uh, running them ragged. Sounds like... They go into the story about an affair to remember. Mm-hmm. 
and about how he just basically tortured that director. Wow. Yeah. I've heard of that movie. I've never seen it. I'd like to see it. Have you seen it before? No, it, it, apparently it's not that good. Okay. Uh, but there was one scene where he's just sitting on a couch mm-hmm. and he doesn't say anything. And they did something like 120 takes. And it's like a 10 second scene in the movie. That's just crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> it was really crazy. And it also talked about the debacle of the movie Town and Country. Ah. Uh. Where there was somebody else who was supposed to direct it, and Warren Beatty supposedly just wanted to be a hired hand, but he basically like rewrote the script mm. and was frustrating to the other actors, and the wow. movie went months over schedule. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. It was a very interesting book. I feel bad for uh, his wife. And that Benning, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if he treat, treats her like um, he treated all those directors. Hopefully not. Hopefully He'll be not. like, "Honey, you didn't do breakfast right this morning. Go back in the kitchen. Go back and do in the right and, and 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 have her do it like a hundred times over." Oh. Yeah. Um. But you know, they met on the set of Bugsy, and um. Who did she play? She played Virginia Hill. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And I, uh, James Toback wrote the script for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he really wanted to direct it, but then Warren Beatty gave the job to, um, Barry Levinson, who's a great director. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book. It, it just, it was just very surprising, um, that they ended up together because I, because in the movie, I mean, they really, you know, Virginia Hill was kind of, uh, well. I can't. I never said that. I never. You were about to. No, 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 no. But she was getting all mad at Bugsy because, you know, she's she's having this affair with him, <laughs> and she wonders why Bugsy won't leave his kids and his wife. Uh, eventually, I think they got divorced, right? Yes. Anyway, um, and she's getting upset, and it really did that. It really did seem like she really hated. <laughs> she really hated Warren Beatty in the in the movie. But so it was surprising that they ended up actually getting together and getting married. I wonder if uh, I wonder if he tortured the act, the uh, director and Bugsy. I don't think so. Mm. I think him and Barry Levinson were uh, left on good terms. Oh, that's good. Okay. But it talked about the making of uh, Ishtar with Dustin Hoffman. Oh. What's that one about? Did you see it? No, they're basically comedians who go over to some country and get involved in international affairs. It's it's supposed to be really, really bad. Okay. And I think Elaine May directed it. By mm-hmm. pretty much everybody's account, she had no idea what she was doing. Oh, wow. Um, Like, the book was actually... It takes a lot of shots at Warren Beatty. Oh, really? But it said that he... He did a lot of things right when it came to the making of Ishtar. Okay. Um, but she was just really difficult and didn't know what she wanted or really? how to make wow. a movie. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which is unfortunate because it's the waste of two great talents. Yeah. You know. Yes. Huh. But it's a good book. I recommend it. Wow. I read some other stuff this week, babes. Oh, really? I read a book called Compton Cowboys. 
Oh, I remember you told me about that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That was super interesting. Wow. It's basically about this horse ranch in the middle of Compton mm-hmm. where they teach the youth how to ride horses. Mm-hmm. And when the book starts, the woman who's been running the place since 1988 is getting ready to retire. And it's about a little bit about her, but mostly about the people who are taking over and their history with the farm Mm -hmm. from being troubled youths to discovering horseback riding and what it means to them. Now, uh, one of the ladies in the book who is a writer, she writes horses. Eventually, how do I want to explain this? When she's growing up, she discovers the farm and she becomes very into riding horses. She gets a scholarship and moves away to better herself, right? Mm-hmm. I think she moves to Texas. She's there for a couple of years while her younger brother is getting involved with gang life. Mm-hmm. One day she gets a call saying, your brother's been killed. Mm. She flies home. And I, I should say that she had been raped when she was younger. Oh. And the only one she told about the rape was her horse. Like she felt really open with her horse. And she told, and, and, and the only person, uh, the only, the only one she told was her horse. Yes. Wow. And you hear this a lot in the book. Like people develop these really strong connections with the horses. Mm-hmm. Yep. So one day she's riding with her horse and this is about a month after her brother died. Mm-hmm. She said that her horse is her best friend and the horse falls over and dies. <gasps> oh. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And the end, she ends up moving back to Compton, having a little girl. Mm-hmm. I think she got into a car accident. So she had some problems riding. But by the end of the book, she moves to Texas mm-hmm. and she wants to become like a rodeo champion. Mm. And we never find out what happens with her. Wow. After that. Wow. After she, after she, um, leaves Compton again. So I'm guessing that, um, she was going to that ranch for a while then. Yes, since she was a little kid. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, babes. You enjoying that pillow, babes? I am. Nice. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's, um, that is a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Sounds like. There's another story in the book, babes, mm-hmm. about this guy who also loved his horse. Yes. And then he gets a call. Mm-hmm. He ignores it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's like 12, 13. No, I think yeah. it was 14. Yeah. But they people just keep calling his house. And he's like, eventually he answers the phone and they say, something's wrong with your horse. He runs out Mm -hmm. and what had happened was if i'm remembering the story correctly and i hope i'm not getting kids confused with her Mm -hmm. there was a hit and run Mm -hmm. somebody ran their car into one of the stalls and killed his horse oh wow yeah and he gets there the horse is still alive but they have to put him down eventually he gets up he walks away and as he's walking away, he hears a police officer put two shots into his horse. Oh. Yeah. Wait, why would, 
Why was the was the horse being violent? I no, mean, no, no. There was a hit and run. Somebody, I just said that somebody. No, 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 no. no. But I'm trying to understand why would why you know if the horse is still alive, why would the the police officer just shoot the horse? Because, because babes, the horse was damaged and couldn't be used for anything. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow, that had to be very traumatic. Yeah, it was. He, they said that he cried for months mm. and would wake up in the middle of the night screaming his horse's name. I think mm. the horse's name was Flower. Oh, wow. Very intense book. That's terrible. Really, really good, though. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you would ever read that book? I don't know. It sounds really intense. It sounds like a good book, but intense. I found this other book this week, babes. Called Homemade, A Story of Grief and Groceries. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. Well, yeah, this one was also kind of uh, intense, yeah. hard to read. Yes. What did you take out? What did you, okay, um, was there any specific story that you, um, in this story that um, you liked? Well, I, I, I got to give the overview, babes. Yes, I know. Let me do that first. I will, I'll, yes. Okay. Go ahead. It's the story of a lady in her mid to late 20s who is a teacher. She has experience volunteering with kids. And her dad used to run a group home. Mm -hmm. But a couple years earlier, he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And he died. Mm -hmm. So she decides that she's going to volunteer at the group home where he worked for almost 40 years. Mm -hmm. And she's going to cook a meal every week with some of the boys who live at this group home. Mm -hmm. And it's about her relationship with them. Mm -hmm. and, and when she ends the book, she's like, I'd love to tell you that, you know, by the end of our experiences, we were making gourmet meals each yes. week. Yeah. But that's just not the case. We, you know, but we ate food that they liked. Uh, and she's like, and I'd love to tell you that all the kids featured in the story went on to become successful men. Yeah. But that that's also not true. Oh, wow. Well, at least she was honest. Yeah. She didn't tie like a neat little bow around the whole story. And no. It. She tells a story. Oh, this is so heartbreaking. Yeah. Of this kid who was... Adopted by a family, mm -hmm. and when he was 13, they gave him to the state because he had too many medical problems. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. So, eventually, they closed down the group home, and this kid gets a job, I want to say a target, mm -hmm. but he has to quit his job because he's absent from work too much because he's yeah. always in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh -huh. And it, he can't open a bank account because his credit was ruined. Oh, wow. A couple of years after the group home closes, he dies from his, his medical issues. Oh. What they find out is the reason his credit was ruined was because his adoptive mother, who mm -hmm. gave him back to the state, stole his identity. That is horrible. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah, it's horrible. For a couple of weeks... They couldn't get his body out of the morgue to be buried because they needed somebody who was considered his next of kin to agree to it. 
Well. And they kept calling his adoptive mother, but she wouldn't answer the phone mm -hmm. or return any of their calls mm -hmm. because they thought that she was going to be, she thought she would be arrested for the credit card fraud. Right. Yeah. That was a sad story. So who ended up burying him? The guy who ran the group home stayed close to this kid okay. and decided to have him buried at an actual place instead of just wow. letting his body rot in the morgue. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. That's really sad. Wow. You sound tired, babes. I am. But uh, but yeah, anyway. You that, were like, I said, well, maybe we should take a nap before recording. You're like, I, no, I, we'll record. No, I need I, to go to bed. You keep uh, talking. <laughs> you want to end this? Um, well, I, I just wanted to say that that sounds like two very intense books. I'm not sure if I'm going to read them, but they sound interesting. Yes. Yes, they do. I'm in the middle of another book, mm -hmm. but you sound tired. No, you, you, you can share a little bit about it. I'm not, I'm not going to go to sleep yet. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on, you. First, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about Homemade. Um, There was this other... You know what? Hmm. Read the book. <laughs> Read the fucking book. No, 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 no. Bubs, I'm, I'm ordering you to tell me about the book. I was actually saying that more towards the audience than towards you. I know, but okay. but I actually want to hear about it. All right, all right. It's a good book. The, it, she talked about how the kids would often tell her because they plan the meals in advance. Yeah, something that they'd want to make, and then they just wouldn't eat it. So, oh. for example, one of the last what she would do is if somebody had a birthday, mm -hmm. she'd let them plan the meal. Uh huh. Uh, and. One of the last weeks that the place was open, there was a kid who was having a birthday. Yep. And he said, I want to eat like rich folk. Mm -hmm. Let's have caviar next week. Mm -hmm. Now, this lady had tasted caviar and didn't yeah. like it. Didn't and like it. She yeah. tried to talk the kid out of it. And he's like, no, I really want to have it. I want to see how rich folk eat. Okay. So she goes, goes all over town. She buys this really expensive caviar. She buys uh, what? Well, she buys red and black uh, caviar. Uh -huh. Brings it to the kid. Uh -huh. He dips a cracker in one of them, and I think the black caviar eats it. Doesn't like it. Does the same with the red caviar, and then just says, "Okay, I don't want this." <laughs> She's like. I well, got them. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. And he says, well, you didn't talk me out of this. You said, no, I want to like this. Oh and she's my. like, I tried talking you out of it. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't try hard enough. <laughs> you should have known I wouldn't have liked this. Oh my goodness. That's, that's funny, but yeah. So it's terrible. Can we have something else? And she's like, but I bought all this caviar for you. What am I going to do with it? And he's like, I don't know. I don't like it though. <laughs> Oh no. Oh. It's, there terrible. was another story about this kid who wanted to make biscuits for everybody because everybody loved his biscuits. And yes. what he would do is he'd like glob all this butter oh. over these pre made biscuits, biscuits and then yeah. throw them in the oven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
It was good. I, I highly recommend the book. Yes. I know I'm leaving a lot of stuff out, but I don't want to give the whole thing away. Was there another book that you were going to talk about, or was it just a story? There's the stories. There's stuff I want to say about the book, but I want people to read Homemade. Yes. Now, I am reading a book about presidential memoirs. Oh, yeah, that one. And it's interesting right now because they're talking about Jefferson and Adams and their memoirs, but I'm not too deep into it yet. So I'll save the discussion of that for later. Okay. I did have dreams. You did? Yes. Okay. I did not. Oh. Do you want to hear about my dreams, babes? Yes, I would. Okay. They're oddly enough, they they both take place in McDonald's. Oh, that's funny. Yes. Okay. Okay. So in the first one, I've been working at McDonald's for decades. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I have to take the afternoon off. Mm-hmm. I tell my supervisor I'm not going to be in tomorrow. And he says, you know, we're going to be really busy, but I'll give you the afternoon off anyways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Go and do my thing. Get done early and decide to go into work. Mm -hmm. I I run into a fellow employee who says the supervisor is sitting at one of the back tables, but he's really upset with you. Mm -hmm. I sit down to think about whether or not I should approach him, decide that I'm going to get up, walk around the McDonald's, but I can't find him. Mm-hmm. And then that dream ends. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Next dream. I'm at a private party that's being held at a McDonald's. That's funny. And I don't, don't ask me why. Yeah. I was like, well, okay. Interesting. Sitting next to some people and we have agreed that in my dreams I'm allowed to cheat. Really? And you and so are you. Well, I don't But only in your dreams. Oh my goodness. To the right of me, there's a girl who recognizes me. And she says, oh, you, you don't remember me. I'm so and so. We used to go to high school together. We start talking, and I get the sense that this girl's really into me. We're having a nice friendly banter. Get up to do something. Come back. She's not at the table. So I go to the buffet line. Mm-hmm. Why is there a buffet in a McDonald's? Because it's a dream. It's a dream. <laughs> yes. And then I wake up. <laughs> okay. By the way, in her in your dream, did you recognize her face? Yes. But you don't you don't know who that is in real life. And it probably isn't anybody. I do know who it is in real life. I'm not gonna give the name out here though. Oh I think I have an idea of who that might be. You actually don't, because I've never talked about this girl. Oh. Because I, I don't have a thing for this girl. In real life? No. Okay. But in the dream, we might have, you know. Oh. oh. Some, we were going to do something funny under the school marches. Oh. Before I woke up. Oh. That's the way it was. But it never happened. No. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. I was going to give her a little bit extra beef, babe. Oh, jeez. Babes, how are you feeling? You're feeling tired? I am feeling a little tired. Well, I've been feeling tired since um, 6 o'clock. I know, but you insisted that we record before taking a nap. I was like, you sure you don't want to take a nap? Well, no, no. no. The reason why I did it is because I didn't want to think about recording after the nap. Oh. That's why. Okay. Well, J-Lo. I hope that I sounded at least a little bit coherent. 
You did, but a part of this episode, it was a little weird. I'd get done describing a scene, and then you'd immediately yes, ask me about that scene. Yes, I'd say, well, I, what about this scene? Was no. <laughs> this scene that you just did happen? Let, happen? Let, let go of my hand, please. i got to do something. <laughs> no. You don't. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> let me position my fingers in your armpit, and now I will let go of your hand. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. Okay, you made your point there. Good, good, good. Ah. Ah, anything else you want to say, babes? Um, I am just very happy that all the groceries that I got were the ones that I wanted to. I'm very happy about that. What do you think? Should we get a snack after this or we take a nap? Um, I'm pretty tired. Um, Let's take a nap. Then have a snack. And then make out and then see where the day takes us. That's right. That's right. That's what I say. All right, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Keep it real. Stay safe. All that shit. What ifs. What, yeah. And what ifs. <laughs>